Hey gang, welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, where we bring you the stories of track and field coaches from around the world. I am your host, Mike Cunningham, and it is my honor and privilege to bring you the stories of these men and women. This week, uh, I just can't say enough about this interview, uh, had the wonderful Kaba Tolbert from Harvard University. I've known Kaba for a long time, and I learned a ton in this interview about his growing up in the Bronx and his family, uh, just support that he had uh, with uh, grandparents, grandma and uncles and mom and just uh, what a wonderful uh, way to grow up and just to hear his story and how the mentors in his life from Dan Paffs and Boo Shexnaders and Carla Coffees and uh, just everything he's done so much in his career up until this point. And the wonderful thing is, is how he has reached the point where he is now giving back to the track and field community. He is now a mentor to so many coaches uh, from around. We spent a long time together, which I'm so appreciative of his time and attention and energy uh, during this interview. And I, I guarantee you, we will do a part two. We, we didn't even get close to learning more about this fascinating young man and uh, what he does in the sport of track and field. So please give it up and help me welcome the great and powerful Kaba Tolbert. Uh, so, Kiva, we were talking about really the influencers uh, that you've had in your life. You, you've coached, how, how long have you coached now? Really since 88, but officially since 94. Oh, okay. Well, we, we'll want to explore that then. Okay. Officially since 94. Right. Uh, so a long time, 20 plus, going on 30 right. years. You, you look great for, <laughs> uh, you must have started at 10 years old, Kiva. Um but what's really interesting about you, and you and I have known each other for quite a long wow. time. Uh, I think oh, we met decades. through the coaching education yeah. side Didn't of Colorado life. Springs? Uh, no, I didn't go to Colorado Springs. Boise was my okay. first one. Yeah, okay. so maybe there. Gotcha. Uh, through, uh, jumps with Boo, yeah. which I still say is the number one thing gotcha. I ever did for my career in life, right. to be real honest with you. Uh, and, and so Boo fits nicely into this. You, you're now, you're one of these... Uh, and you're going to deny this because I know you're, you're humility. <laughs> Boo-type people. Like, you teach a lot of people... But you have been taught by a lot of people. Uh, maybe explain the role of some of the mentors you've had and what they've meant to you. Yeah, I've, had, I've been very, very fortunate to have some good people that were willing um, to take time and energy and invest in me um, as a coach. You know, as a person, but as in, a, in the coaching side especially, um, there's been a few people. One is um, a guy named Robert Taylor. He's from the Bronx, um, from Corp City. He lives in Georgia now. But his daughter was Monifa Taylor, but she is Monifa Taylor. And she um, she was a year older than me. Okay. <coughs> he ran a track club called the Zodiacs Track Club, and it was all girls. So did you grow up in I the Bronx? I grew up Bronx? in the Bronx, yeah. Oh, okay. I was in Rochester, then we moved to the Bronx when I was yeah. a little bit older. But he had a, a club called the Zodiacs Track Club. It was all girls, and so my brother and I couldn't join. Mm. Um, but he used, I used to sit, and, and Monifa was the top hurdler in the country. She was the stud, Age right. group, and then one of the top high schoolers, and she went to Florida. Um, won an NCAA title, got fourth in the big trials, like oh, wow. of things. Yeah. So it was a good friend of mine, but I was able to watch them from from close up. Okay. And I always wanted to be in their club, and I couldn't. <laughs> My brother and I couldn't, but I used to ask him for advice. I'd read articles. I'd say, well, how could we do in this workout? I used to just sit and watch the right. workouts after our school practice. But was that unique to have an all-girls club back then? Not in New York. I mean, uh, probably... Okay. A third of the clubs were all, were all, were all girls, all right. maybe some other were all boys, and most, most of them were co-ed, but there were a lot of all-girls clubs back then. That is one culture, uh, you know You know me well enough, I travel around the country, mm -hmm. you know, 365 days a right. year, uh, but the New York and boroughs and mm -hmm. suburbs, I, I know nothing, I've never been there, gotcha. uh, I didn't know you were from there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I was going to say I don't even know anybody from there, wow. uh, maybe I know a lot of people and just don't realize that, um, it just strikes me odd back in that time. Right. That it would be an all female. Yeah, there were lots of them. Interesting. Lots of them. So he, I used to, so I used to watch him, and then I started writing for our school newspaper and the local newspaper, and so I write articles about the club and about her, huh. and so I got to interview her and interview him and get to know them even more, and then he started to trust me, and he knew that I was in the training, so he gave me articles to read and let me come watch videos of like stuff like speed dynamics when it first first oh, came out, wow. like, late eighties. I'd sit and watch that and takes ask questions. And um, that's how I really got. So because I, I couldn't join their club, and the club that we joined was um, about an hour 
in 20 minutes on the subway. We didn't go every day. So I'd coach my brother. That's how I started coaching in 88. Wow. Oh, and so officially, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd come out the house. Sometimes my mom would let us go. Sometimes we'd sneak out at night and go to the track. And I started coaching him. He was hey, a long jumper. Your early. high school? Um, I was in high school. He was in, he was in, he's four years younger than me. So, okay. um, this is like my junior year, going into my junior year. So he was like, you know, 13, 14, he was sure. in the youth age group. And so were you doing track? I was doing track as well. What events? Uh, 100, 200, yeah. 411, 404, okay. 400. All right, all right. Okay. Um, so I started coaching him and then kind of just went from there. Then I went to college. He was, and my brother made a couple of youth games teams in junior Olympics, and like the long jump and 200 hurdles. Yeah. So he's legit. And stuff like yeah. that. So when I got to college... There was a long jumper um, who was a junior when I was a freshman, and he was good. He was like um, a conference, conference champion, and um, my coach knew I was into coaching. Even so, at a, as a freshman even as a college. Freshman. So the two things happened, which are both very strange. Um, coach Westcott, so that was Coach Mr. Taylor. Right. I got started with that. But Coach Westcott, my college coach at Colby, he gave me the key to his office, like, like the first month of my freshman year. And like so... For four years, I could go in and watch videos and read books and read articles wow. and look through workouts. And there was a long, and my coach was also the head cross country coach. Huh. And so we kind of, he'd give us stuff to do in the fall. He'd see some of it, but most of it was on our own. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, the guy was like, Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good long jumper, but I follow a lot. And, I, and Coach Westcott can't always watch me because he's busy with this group or that group. Mm-hmm. Not, but not in any kind of disrespect. We're just like, right. you know, small, D3, staff, small lots yeah. of kids. So yeah. me being young and arrogant and stupid <laughs> said oh well let me ask, I'll ask Coach Westcott if I can work with you I coached my brother in the long jump and he was pretty good and I worked with some of our jumpers in high school and, and you were an athlete on the team yeah wow and he said yes <laughs> and so I'd work with him maybe once a week on specific long jump stuff and we worked on having check marks that I got from, right. like, from Tom to Les yeah. articles and I had um the, the Omni book by, by Doherty. Yeah. So I was going through those things and applying it to my brother and then applying it to Tom Capoza, who was the jumper. Huh. And so that's how I started coaching. Then, in addition to having the key, because my head coach at Kobe, he was their faculty because they taught. Okay. So anytime something new came out, you know, Tracker for News would have, you know, new books and new videos. Right. He could order it through the library for me because you could do that as faculty. Uh. So I'd get new stuff and I'd go to the library and watch it and read it. Like, Bomper came out with a book that I wanted. Right. I, it was like 60 bucks. I didn't have 60 bucks. Right. He would order it and then read the library two weeks later and I could go read it. Wow, and what so a resource. That, that happened. And we had a good, we had, I had a good coach, um, individual sprint coach, Coach Brown. He was a football coach in the fall, okay. tracking winner in spring. That's why he wasn't with you in the fall. Right. Yeah. And then he, um, he had ran up Brown. He was a school record holder. His wife worked in admissions. They got a job at Oberlin after my sophomore year. So he left and we got a new guy from um, who, who didn't have a lot of experience. Mm. And so I started writing my own training cycles, and I would run it by my, my head coach, All right. talk to the event coach, and they would make small tweaks. But basically, for my junior and senior year, I wrote my own training, and I'd write some of the training for some of the group. I'm not saying I did it all right, but right. Like, that's how I got started. Yeah. And so I wasn't the official coach. I didn't write everyone's workouts, but right. I wrote most of my workouts, and I'd, I'd, I'd write a cycle, I'd sit and talk with the coach, he'd make some adjustments. And that's what I would do. What do you think it is about you, Kiva, that that someone would trust you after a month? <laughs> not, not a, you know, you hear sometimes you hear similar stories right. about a senior, right? Or um, you know, uh, one of your team uh, teammates here, Brenner, yeah. uh, got injured after a sophomore year right. and started kind of going to. Co- you hear about that? Right. I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, first it's crazy. month freshman. Right. <laughs> coming in and, and having access like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he saw that I was into it and mm-hmm. I, was, I was serious about it. And that he, I think that was just his way of being really encouraging. And I would sit in his office and say, hey, coach, I read this. Can you explain that? Or this is biomechanical concept. I don't understand it. Can you explain it to right. me? And he would sit and he's very patient. And so... And what was your major? What were you? I was a philosophy major. <laughs> yeah, I was a philosophy major. So really... I thought like you were when I was finishing up, or something. No, I really was trying to decide whether I'm going to go and get a PhD in philosophy and right. teach or go into coaching. And the main reason I ended up picking coaching was because it was a two-year program versus seven years for a PhD. <laughs> and I was like, I can't be broke for seven yeah. years. But to this That's day, awful. I still feel like I'm a philosopher coach. Hmm. You know, and I read a lot of philosophy. I do. I feel like philosophy is kind of a way of living to me. Right. And so I kind of have the best of both worlds in that regard. So you got an undergrad in philosophy. You graduated from Colby. Yeah. Then I went to Smith, Smith College. Which is in... 
Northampton Mass. Northampton. Yeah, yeah, the undergraduate is all women. The yeah. grad schools are slightly co-ed. I've been there, and I thought it was yeah. a women's school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grad schools are slightly co-ed. So gotcha. we had 16 people in our exercise and sports studies program. There were two men. Huh. And so um, I did that for two years under Carla Coffey. When I yeah, got yeah. there, That's right. um, I coached the women's sprints, the women's hurdles, the horizontal jumps um, there in the okay. relays. And so, um, again, another situation where stepped in, their 4 by one was returning. Um, they finished second in the country the year before. Oh, and she turned it over to me. So, and I was, I was like, you know, Seagrave this and Seagrave that and oh, taking yeah. stuff from Tony Wells. And, yeah. But oh, like, yeah. Because Way Smith is, it's a part of a five college system um, with UMass and um, Hampshire and Holyoke. Okay. And Smith had this really cool science library where they had like biomechanics reports and um, sections like that. Between that, and I would go over to UMass, you take the bus over, the shuttle, and they had all the old um, NCSAs. And so back in those days, back in like the 80s and 90s, they'd have like round tables with Dan Path and Lauren Seagrave and Remy Koshemny and people like that and Don Chu. And so they were, I, I could, because um, of that, I could, I could take, them, take them out, I could copy them, and then take them back. And the library at Smith had all of the old Soviet sports reviews. So I could take those out, take them out, and copy them as well. And wow. so I had all those. And that's the, I would read, and I would go to that, and I would go to seminars, and... That's how I got started. I'm surprised. This doesn't surprise me. You're, you're always have been, in my mind, a very academic, cerebral type of coach, uh, less relying on the uh, rah-rah yelling mm. and more on the, hey, here's the cues and here's how to improve on the next mm. attempt or uh, the next race. <clears throat> so it does surprise me that you weren't a biomechanics major mm. and also got a, a master's and mm. a PhD. Even. I would, would not have been shocked if you yeah. told me that you started that. Uh, where, where did that, um, I'm gonna call it love of, yeah. of learning, where did it come from? Were your parents teachers mm. or? My, um, it probably came from my mom, my grandmother, and my uncles. Oh. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's funny, like in my family, I'll tell you two things. One is, um, my grandmother passed a few years ago, but my mm. grandmother, my uncle Frank, and my mother—they all have at least two. They have two master's degrees. I only have one, so I'm kind of like the black sheep of the family. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, right. Yeah. you're the less educated, yeah. yes. formally educated. Yes, certainly. <laughs> Holy Easily. cow! And my grandma. So in eighth grade, um, I st- I went to school in Manhattan. I t- used to go from the Bronx to Manhattan, catch a train every day. I went to the junior high school. <coughs> oh. My mother had gone to. Because they had a program to send kids to boarding school. Mm. And my mother had gone to know from my Herman, my uncle had gone to Berkshire. And it was to send my Those are boarding to, schools? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I went and then I got into Andover, to Phillips Academy, which is nearby. Oh, yeah, I've heard and of that. And so that's where I went. Um, really, really good boarding school. Yeah, Very yeah. fortunate. Like I've heard of that. Like yeah. it's kind of. It's super elite. Yeah, right, but, right, right. And you got into that school. I got into that school. And that's where you went. That's where I went. For, that's where I started high school. And so, eighth grade, you know, two months before graduation, maybe three months, you know, the report cards come out, and I'd already gotten in, and I was excited, and I was on the math, I was on the, like, Manhattan Borough math team, I was, like, on the honor roll for this, you know, I was into that kind of stuff. Right, right. My, my report cards out, and it was pretty good, I was ranked number three in my school, and whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good, got a couple Bs, you know, is that the best you can do? Like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, girl, I'm feeling, I'm feeling myself, I got, yeah, yeah. like, the top boarding school in the country. Right. And she's like, well, my grandmother... Had, had was running a daycare center in Spanish Harlem that she'd been running for 20 years. I used to go there when I was little. She had a ma- already a master's degree. She's working on her second. She's going on weekends from New York to Maryland down to Bowie State University on weekends to take classes. And she's a 4.0. She goes, well, I have a 4.0 and I'm doing this, so if I can do it, you can do it too, wow. right? And it's like, yes, Grandma. You know, there's no, like, it wasn't a question. It was just like, yes. So that, that's the kind of person she was and the influence she had on me. Yeah. I'll tell you two other quick stories. When I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. Maybe when I was 10 or 11. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just was interested. She would just like, she just got me a subscription to psychology today. When she lived in New York. We lived, this is when we lived in Rochester. And I didn't even, I probably couldn't understand the articles, but it was just anything involving education, huh. she was going to support. Yeah. If you were doing well in school, you could almost ask for anything. The world, reason, right, like, yeah. Atari, like I got a new Atari or shoes. Like if you're doing well in school, she was behind you yeah. 300% because for her, you know, going to where she came from, she came up really poor, you know, African-American woman from the South. Like education is the way Did to she, the future. She said from the South. Did she grew up there and, and moved yeah, up? Yeah, she grew to up it? and then moved, uh, moved up 
um, to New York when she, you know, when she got married and yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. But so that's that. That was her key out of yeah. the poverty. Yeah, and for our and, family. And for the family, right. And so if you're doing well in school, you were good. Yeah. My first year at Smith, I... Um, I had gone from Kobe where I was the captain of the track team, where I was the president of the Black and Hispanic Student Organization, and I was a student government cultural chair my senior year. And so, you know, Kobe at that time had 1,700 students. There were 32 black students. There were three black males in my graduating class. So, you know. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, everyone knew who I was just because there's not that many of us. You know, like, I'm not, you know, so I go from that to Smith, where the undergraduates are all female. I'm only one of two males in my cohort of the exercise and sports studies program. Mm-hmm. I'm in Northampton. I'm a grad student and I'm broke. Mm-hmm. And I'm studying the science stuff that I had no background in. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like I didn't, hadn't taken biomechanics, hadn't taken exercise physiology, right. had never done motor learning. That stuff was really hard for me. I didn't enjoy it at first. So at the end of my first year, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was also heartbroken with this girl I had dated and that didn't work out in college. <laughs> so in my first year, I was like, eh, this is for the birds. I'm going to drop out. Okay. And so I make up my mind. I'm like, yeah, I've had it. And the coaching was going fine, but I was, I was just not happy. So I get up one morning in the summer, and I'm going to go to the registrar's office, the dean's office, let them know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withdraw. I get about 100 feet from my door, maybe 200 feet. I'm like, well, if I do that, I've got to call my grandmother. I was going to say, what I'm grandma out of saying? grad school. Yeah. So that's probably not going to go over well. <laughs> I turn around, walk back to my apartment. So I got to figure this out, <laughs> and that was that. Like so, and then the next year on the I gotta, walk over. Yeah, I was just like, she's not gonna have voice. It. Yeah, yeah. So next year, good um, for her. <laughs> I got a, I got a um, teaching. They offered me a teaching job, so I had a little more money. It wasn't a lot. It was a thousand dollars a semester, but yeah. that's a lot back then. Yeah. And um, I started dating someone, and so just everything got a little better, yeah. and it was perfectly fine. <laughs> and you, she didn't know grandma. that till like years. I told her years later. It's like I was gonna drop out, and I was walking down the street, and I was like. I have to call you and tell you. I was like, eh, I probably can't do that, so figure it out. What did she say when you told her? <laughs> she laughed. She's like, I'm glad you stayed. So Now, that is true influence yeah. right there. Yeah. Wow. But her and my mother, um, my mother uh, has two master's degrees. She's an ancient Near Eastern studies scholar. Ancient she teaches Greece? Ancient Near Eastern. A Near so Eastern. She has a, um, a, a, she's a minister. My other uncle is a minister. He has two master's degrees from Columbia. Um, oh. He was a dean of a college. At Hofstra University, I used to go out in the summers and spend time with him. So, and my other uncle who doesn't have a college degree is like, if I would get in trouble, if, if you got in trouble at school in my house, like the teacher calls and said, hey, Kaby was talking a lot in class. Or you went to parent teacher night right. and they say, Kaby was no more was Kaby was doing really well. We think he could do even better. Or the teacher says you're not trying hard enough. Right. He just says you're not putting. I'm like, Mom, I got all. Man, it was like it was there was no escape. And and <laughs> see this building right now? This uh-huh. is where my, my apartment was. Okay. Right there, about that far, is where my uncle's apartment was. Okay. Across the river was where my other uncle's apartment was. And maybe where the track is where I had another uncle. All right, so, so, you, so people can't see. You are pointing literally at Five, ten-minute walks. Yeah, right, yes. yeah. And so if, I, if a teacher said, Cable was talking too much in class, or Cable was late, or Cable, it was, a, you know, you get the lecture from my mother, and she would yell. Then I'd get... A phone call from my grandmother, Kay, but can you come over? And it's not like you can say no. So I go over and baby, you know, education is important. You, you got to do yeah. a little better. Okay. Next day, my uncle comes. Uncle. Brother, come over. Come over. And there's this, there this program called Eyes on the Prize. Okay. It's a civil rights program about what black people went through to get to where we are now. Not right. that everything's perfect, but we've made lots of progress. Sure. You know, we can go to school, we can vote, we can. Yeah. So about the struggles that they went through for that. And he would sit me down and he'd put on some version of Eyes on the Prize. He might go in the back room and, and clean up or make a phone call, but it's a it's a like a 15-hour program. He would just pick some segment. I might have to watch, I'd sit and watch an hour. He would come back and say, now you see why you need to be more, more wow. serious about your school? Or you see the sacrifices people made so that you can have these opportunities? And there wasn't much you could say. He's like, well, you going to do better? Yes, Uncle Craig. Right, what pushback are you giving for that? Right. Then you get a call the next day from Uncle Frank. Brother, I need you to come over. How come you're not trying hard in school? Uncle Frank, I am. But the teacher's saying you're not. You're not doing your best. Uncle Frank, I'm trying. Well, I think you can do better. you got to put forth more effort. Like, you know, we, we can do better than this. I expect more from you. Yes, Uncle Frank. And my Uncle Frank, on his wall, pictures of Malcolm X, pictures of Frederick Douglass, um, Fannie Lou Hamer, Harriet Tubman, right. all those kind of things are around his house, black culture, black history, right. black love. And that was the conversation. It was, it was a one-way conversation with the yes, I understand, right. I'll do better. So that's where I got it from. Wow. Yeah. What support you had there. Yeah. I mean, they, you would have had to have tried to fail. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were going to be there to make sure that right. if, if you were going to fail, it wasn't going to be because they weren't going to be derelict in their duty right. to, to lead you and, right. and be responsible. So from there, boarding school, Andover, yeah. um, I'm pretty fast. Like, I have the freshman record in 50 yards there. Um, that, and then, that tells you how old you are, by the way. I know. It's 50 yard. <laughs> um, and then my second year, I was the fastest person in the league. Um, and... I only was only winning like 23-2 and like 11-2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I got in trouble my first year. got in trouble again my second year. So then they, I, had, I withdraw. I had to leave. So I go back to New York. And my mom is hot. Yeah. Like, like for two years straight, I had to like, da 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 Anything, if, if I look the wrong way, see, that's your problem. That's why you got kicked out of Andover. <laughs> that's your problem. So, yeah, like, you know, like I like, sneezed, man. It's like, yeah. come on. Like, if, if, if my socks are on the floor in the wrong corner, see, that's, that's why. your problem. Man. <laughs> to the point of where this is how bad it was. At graduation, graduation night, again, at Truman High School, I ended up writing for the paper, editor, you know, on the track team, mm-hmm. doing all these things, you know, getting to Kobe, got recruited by Princeton, you know, got recruited by Brown. Good schools. You know, yeah. I, I figured shit out. Right. Sorry. Yeah, right. Um, right. I figured things out. But, my mom said something to me in the car after graduation on the way to dinner. And I must have said something back, and she didn't like it. Oh. And she was like, see, that's your problem. And my uncle, who, my, my uncle is a person where you're going to respect your parents. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, you're going to respect your parents. He stepped in, he's, he's in the car, he goes, he goes, Regina, the boy graduated. He's going to college. You might want to let that go. I was like, wow, I'm okay. <laughs> I've been freed. Uh, my mom was out of love, you know what I mean? It was just like. That's how she took it, you right, know, because, right. you know, I caused some family embarrassment and, sure. and some family pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at Truman, I go to try, <laughs> I get there in the summer of 88 and they have Empire State games, like Mass has base oh, state yeah. games. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fast. You know, I'm, I'm, I was the fastest in New England prep school. I'm going to go make the team. All right. Man. So. <laughs> it did pe- not go as planned. I go to the prelims. I run 100. I'm like, I get waxed. People are running like 10 8s and 10 7s and 10 6s yeah. in the prelims. I've never seen nothing like that. <laughs> I run a 200. People are running 22, 22 flat and 21 6s and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Our team at Truman had won the state title in the 4 by one the year before. Mm. But I had never seen this kind of running before. Right. Man. It was like an eye opener. I was gonna say. So, how did you take that? Because one type of person would see that and be like, "Oh, I, I'm not a sprinter and quit." No, another I, person would take it and say, "Oh, I need to get better." I got better. Yeah. And I made a I made a four by one and a four by four. A four by one um, had the fastest time in the state up until the city. So the way New York State did the state championships back then is the top relay from each region made it to state meet. Okay. In New York. We had the top time, but at the city championship, this um, boys and girls school beat us. Um, we ran 41-6 oh. and got beat, so we couldn't go to the so state. you don't go league. to the state championship. And we had the second best time in the state. All right. Um, and, you know, we, next year we ran, like, 318, 317. We won the top four teams in the state. Like, New York City had, like, five of the top six teams and couldn't go. New Rochelle, which was right next door, they went and got second in Mount Vernon, and they were right next door to the Bronx. All right. They could be second and third in the state meet. They weren't, and no disrespect to them, they weren't the top five in the state. Right, right. You know, and so it, it broke our heart. We were like, man, because yeah. we had won, we had gone to pen relays and made the second the, the consolation final yeah. and got a medal, and we had won the Laos games and things like that. Right. And boys and girls, they had this guy named Jimmy Stafford who was like a 20.9, 21 flat guy back then. Nice. And he, he kicked our butt on the relay, and we just couldn't. We had a great anchor. He was a 10, 2, 10, 3 guy. Oh, wow. We just couldn't catch up. Yeah. You know, but. um. That was my introduction to real track. Real in a sense. Track, I mean, not that it right. wasn't, but like, like, oh, yeah. this is fast. Kind of got you out of the bubble that you were yeah. in. It's like, oh, there's there's better people out right. there. So I ended up running like 22.4 and like 10.9 and like yeah. ran 49 in the relay as in high school. Got recruited by Kobe and some other schools. Ended up there. That, and so that's that bridge of all those mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so between my senior, year in, I mean, my senior year in college and my first year of grad school, summer of 94, I was back in New York City working. And Mr. Taylor asked me to be his assistant. Oh, the, the club. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was assistant coach all summer. And so, Still all-girls club? Yeah. Yeah. And so I travel with them. I go to meets. I help out. I don't know how much help I was, mm-hmm. you know, really. But I think he knew that I was into it, a young coach. And he he just helped me out. And I'd watch and I'd learn and I'd ask questions. And mm-hmm. he had a 59-second hurdler in high, in high school. He had another girl. Um, who was a youth champion, the triple jump. He had a couple other kids. That, he had a 206, 207, 800-meter girl in the club. Oh, he wow. had a 13, 6, 1370 hurdler. Um, I mean, he had a crew. Yeah. So I was around that. 
and mm. getting to watch them and see the workouts he did. Mm. He had a couple of the kids that were 24-4, 24-6 in the 200. You know, all in this one area. Yeah. That, that's, what I, that's what I was like, oh, wow, okay. And so mm. that, that's how I got started. You know, that's how I got started. So you, did, you finished out your grad, <laughs> luckily for you, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you finished out your grad work at Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you got the 4x1 won the year before. It was they, second the year before. Second year before. How did they do? So we were, we were, ranked, <laughs> we were ranked second my first year. One, <laughs> somebody on the relay and the head coach had a big blow up, oh. and so she decided she wasn't taking the relay to nationals. I was hot, oh, and no. I love Carla. Like I, love, I wouldn't be without Carla. I was like, what? And that was that. Not the athlete, just the whole team. She wasn't taking the relay nationals. Like wow. And so that was that. Man. So. Um, hey, that's sticking to your guns, yeah. though. That's, the next yeah. year, I had a relay four by four make it to nationals and a cut four hundred hurdler. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really. I wrote everything, the warm-up, the weight training. Yeah. And she just turned it over it to me. It's your program now at this point. And yeah. when I first got there, she was like, okay, are you going to coach? She said, you're going to coach the sprinting hers. And she really talked about it in the summer. She's like, okay, bring me down some of your workout ideas and all that. So I'm like, okay. You know, and, and I had gone, the other thing I should say, I know we're kind of weaving yeah, in and out. My senior year in college, Lauren Seagrave had, was putting on this thing called the Elite Sprint Seminar. It was in Vegas. It was a two-day seminar uh, right around Thanksgiving, maybe right before or after, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I asked my mother for a Christmas gift, holiday gift, can I get a ticket for that? I paid for my registration. <coughs> <coughs> a women's head coach went, and my head coach sent our sprints coach there. So we actually roomed together, which I'm sure is an NCAA violation. My head coach died oh, a few right, years ago, boy, yeah. so it was like, whatever. Yeah. But um, he said, if you go, yeah, if you go, I'll let you room with Coach G. Right. So, I mean, that's that kind of support. I don't think yeah. he was trying to, you know, like just that's what he did. Right. And so we all went. We spent two days wow. with about 30 other people, listening to Lauren talk from 9 a.m. Yeah. to 7 at night. Yeah. Two days in a row about sprint, sprint training, things like that. Wow. At that seminar, I met um, Tony Vini. Yeah. And he was coaching at Cal State Northridge at the time. And we he gave me his card and... You know, he was the women's sprint development co-chair. Right, so, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So when I got to grad school, we um, we had to graduate either a special studies project or a thesis. Hmm. I did a special studies project. So I, did a, I edited a book on sprinting and hurdling. And so Tony wrote one of the articles for me. Um, Remy wrote some articles for me. John Miller, who used to be at Notre Dame, and, um, wrote some articles for me. I had some really... Tommy Bottom, who I teach yeah. with now, he wrote one of the articles for me on Plyometrics. Um, Mr. Taylor, I did an interview with him. Man, I had good people. Man, it sold for about 15 years. I probably sold about... What was this called? Spinning and Hurdling. Probably Gil, Gil used to sell it. Wow. Um, I, man. I probably sold 2,000 copies. Nice. You know, you know self-produced, edited, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my special studies project. Wow. So... I was very into the Lauren Seagrave thinking mentality yeah. type stuff. That's what kind of directed my training at that point. And that's, so I brought this to Carla and she's bringing me a training. She's like, well, you know, do you think they need a bigger base and mm-hmm. more aerobic stuff? And the she was a good coach. Conflict. But yeah. that was, you know, and mm-hmm. she was into speed and power because I know she was, and she had been on numerous teams and committees mm-hmm. with, with TAC and USA Track and Field. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, I think you should do some more of this. And I was like, okay, okay. I went back to my apartment. And this is what's weird, because I had, I had a lot of respect for her. I was like, I really don't believe in that. I think this would... I went back and I said, Coach Coffee. And she's, no, call me Carla. And I was like, okay, Carla. Mm-hmm. I said, I understand what you're saying. This is like two hours later, three hours later. I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I really believe in this. Um, how, can I do it this way? Right. And she's, she looks at me, she goes... I know all that new stuff and I get it, but she said, you know what? I'm going to let you do it, but they got to be ready to go. Yeah. And she let me do it. Yeah. And we, we ran well and did well. But I mean, like, I can't believe I went back to her. Right. Because I was terrified. Sure. And she said yes, and boom. Yeah. Man. So. Especially at Carla Coffee. I mean, yeah. well accomplished back then, well right. accomplished now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's. And who were you? You're a grad student. I was some yeah. dude who had no real formal coaching right. experience. Taking her relay and yeah. group that had done well and saying, I want to do it this point. way. Yeah. And I'm, it worked out. Huh. You know, it worked out. That's so awesome. So it's kind of crazy. Where was after Smith? So after Smith, um, I went and I was the head coach of Iowa Wesleyan. Is um, that right? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. So when I'm you know, looking for jobs as a grad student, mm-hmm. um, I got a couple offers. One was at UMass for like $10,000 and no insurance. Mm-hmm. 
And Io Wesleyan, one of my college teammates, he was going to grad school at University of Iowa. His wife, who had gone to Colby as well, she had graduated in 1990. She went to Springfield for grad school, and she was the head track and cross country coach. But she was also teaching a full load there, and it was it was more than what she was supposed to be wow, doing. Yeah. The, the person who was supposed to be the head track coach when she got there became the head football coach right when she got there. So it shifted all her responsibilities. Right. So she was like, I cannot do all this next year. So I, be, I was the head track coach. She was the head cross country coach. Hmm. And so you had three Kobe people in in um in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Yeah. Um, there. And so that's no, how I got there. Nowhere, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I got to Iowa. Iowa but. That's how I got there. Wow. So I was the head I was the head track coach. And how long were you there? Two years. And you're the head coach. Yeah. Right? We were bad. Really? Like, like, where my relay at at um Smith made nationals. My fastest person was 64 seconds when I first got there. I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. it was bad. It was it was bad. And then um, Jim Grant at Iowa, he was the head coach then. He had some kids that weren't going to be qualifiers, mm-hmm. and he called me up. Cause we, we were NAIA. Right. He, he sent me some information about kids, and I started making connections in Jamaica. And I got um, another person from Ivory Coast, just, and he set it all up, and we got third the next year at Nationals. Um, wow. Third indoor and fourth out there. And my AD was shocked. And he was like, I can't believe He's like, oh, how'd you guys do at Nationals? It goes 30. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, we got 30. He goes, as a team? I'm like, yeah. And we've been like setting <laughs> conference records and school records all year. All didn't he didn't pay attention. Right, right. And, um, but we got third, and it was really cool. Yeah. And um, I didn't feel like they, was, they were keeping their promises to me about certain things, whether it was scholarships or right, support. support yeah. And he and I at the time didn't get along. He gave me an opportunity, but I also felt like he wasn't respecting Yeah what we were doing so I think sometimes administration because I have similar yeah. experience when I coached Juco in Kansas uh, where they just you know oh yeah you're doing this yeah 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 we're going to do this we're going to take care of it. We're gonna take... and then when the rubber meets the road and it's right. time to do it right. I think they're very good at saying yes right. about the dream right. and then a little harder when it comes time to right. actually maybe not give football a bigger increase right. and, and give it to you yeah. right. that's so disheartening because you work so hard right. at doing that so I sent out stuff to a bunch of schools Hey, I'm looking to leave. If there's a possibility. McKendry College yeah. had just started their program, and they were like fifth at nationals that same year. And he was like, "Oh shoot, got this guy with the, you know." And so mm-hmm. we started talking early summer, late spring, and um, I became the, I became the associate coach. Mm-hmm. I had an offer to go there or go to Swarthmore as oh, the head coach. Okay. And D three academics similar. Mm-hmm. I really and Swarthmore offered me more money. Um, they offered me $32,000, which I thought was a lot of money then. Mm-hmm. And the AD, had, had, he had been the head coach at Amherst. And he had also coached the other guy in our um, grad program at Smith that had done track. Mm-hmm. So he was his coach. And so that was, there was that connection. He knew right. Carla and things like that. And um, I really, really thought about it. But I thought we could win a national title at, at McKendree. And when I was there, we, were, we won three, two indoor, one outdoor. And we were second outdoor. And That's so, interesting. So you you took the less paying job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it worked out. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, you know, a lot of times, coaches as they're going through their, um, I call it their progression, but mm-hmm. different schools, uh, a lot of time is it is you know, oh, that school's going to be five thousand more. Okay, right. let's go. You know, right. it's all about that because we get paid so little yeah. as compared to other some other sports right. that are out there. Uh, so that's interesting. You took that, and so you're at McKendry. And did you become the head coach at McKendry? No, no, I was no. just associate coach. Okay, and this would have been ninety ninety eight to two thousand. Ninety eight to two thousand. That was a little bit earlier than that. Okay, uh, so McKendry. So uh, you went from middle of nowhere Iowa to middle of nowhere yes. Illinois. Okay, right. what happened after McKendry? So we were pretty good. I mean, I had a lot of good kids there. You know, talented people, hardworking kids. Um, I coached the women's sprint hurdles, jumps, multis, horizontal jumps, multis. And I coached the men's sprints, hurdles, horizontal jumps. Right. Had just, you know, we had one, three titles, so we were pretty good. Yeah. Um, got a call from Andy Roberts at Syracuse. Um, so basically, what happened was actually what happened was Carol Smith called me. Okay. And said, "Hey, Andy's looking for a coach." Um, Where was Carol at this she time? She was at see, ninety-two thousand. Alabama. She was at Penn State. Penn State. Okay. I think she was. Yeah, I think Penn State. Mm. And she said, Andy's looking for a jumps multis person. I told him you'd be good. I had him. Now, how did you know her? Um, oh, so through Tony Vini. So Tony mm-hmm. Vini was this women's sprints mm-hmm. co-chair mm-hmm. for USATF. Mm-hmm. So he, when I was doing my, my special studies project, he was doing an article. He said, hey, you know, um, 
when you get your job, let me know where you're at. That's how I call him. I was going to say, I want you to be my regional, um, junior, my regional junior development chair. Mm. It was a title without much responsibility. Mm-hmm. I had some things to do, right. but so because of that, I got to go out to the junior elite camps right. at Chula Vista, yeah. and so that's why I met Tony Wells. Yeah, I was gonna say you had to get yeah. Tony Wells. And so right. Tony V and Tony Wells were there, and I learned a ton yeah, from them. Right. And I went out for a couple years, and that's why I met Curtis Taylor because he'd always have the athletes there. So that's okay. how I met Curtis Taylor in '97 huh. at the junior elite camp. And that's why I met Tony Wells, and so I was there, and you know because of Tony Wells, I knew I met Carol at some Carol, point. Right. And was was Tony Wells? He was her coach. And Curtis connected at all, or the, like, Tony was one of Tony Wells was one of Curtis's mentors. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right, all right. And so Tony mentored me as well. Yeah, and I was several say, other Tony people. has a yeah. Uh, and so big branch that's how new Carol. She talks to Andy Roberts at Syracuse. She goes. I had Andy talk to Dan and Gary too. Right. Um, Dan Paff and Gary Winkler. Mm-hmm. I knew Dan when I first got to Iowa Wesleyan. When I knew, I didn't get much money. I got eighteen thousand dollars to be head track coach. Sports information director, oh. assistant athletic director. Oh, those are my titles. Man. Eighteen thousand, but I had insurance, had health insurance. Yeah, that's big. Um, I, I said I gotta get have at least thousand dollars in professional development money, and so I, I went to the NACACTA Congress my first year in Puerto Rico, and it was Dan oh, yeah. speaking. It was no one, the one that Victor Lopez runs. It yeah, was Dan yeah, Path. Right, right. It was um, Jerry Clayton. Oh wow! It was uh, Joe V Hill yeah. and Dave Woolman from SMU. Those were the four speakers wow. over those two days. And I had read, yeah, huge. <laughs> I had read some stuff from Dan before, and I learned a ton that weekend. I'm sure now I didn't understand half the stuff he was saying, but it, it turned on light bulbs. And I'd been out in, in the Lauren Seagrave kind of stuff, so right. they had coached together at LSU, right. lots of similarities. Mm-hmm. And Dan said, you know, hey, if you ever need anything, not to me, to the audience, you know, give me a call, email, fax. And I took him up on it. You took it as you are talking yeah, to yeah. me. <laughs> and so I had some issues that year, and I had a high jumper, a 5'2 high jumper. And I, I said, hey, I'm having problems. He goes, send me some video. I'll look at it. And 5'2 made it to the NAI Nationals back then. Okay. Um, and he sent me back articles wow. and detailed feedback on my 5'2 jumper. Like right. she was like a six-foot jumper, you know? Right. And I was like, wow, embarrassing wow. rotation and this, that, and the other, and <laughs> oscillation. You know, turning pages, looking. So isn't that phenomenal? Yeah, that he would do that. Yeah, the next year when I had a good team, I had a girl that got hurt. She hurt her hamstring. I called him. I said, "Hey, Dan, I remember you talking about Donovan Bailey in '96 getting hurt before the Olympics and what you did." Oh yeah. And he started talking about no lymphatic and and, and holding points and pressure points and and foot reflexology. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. So I, I, I take a little over my yeah, head. but I take in kinesiology. So I, and, and, Adam, and so I knew some of the some of the stuff he's talking. Right. Monifa Taylor, at that point, was still training, but she was getting her um, certification in massage. Oh. So I called her. I said, "Hey, what does this what mean? Does this what is he talking yeah. about?" And she starts breaking it down for me. Go get this book. Go get that. So all this stuff comes back together. So I go to the library and I order and I read and I order and all I start right. working on these kids and they run fast again. And I, okay, so I become you know a true believer. Wow. So. That's how I started to get to know Dan. Yeah. At McKendry, they used to have this meet called the Cannon for Me. Okay. It was in Indianapolis. Uh, Butler oh, hosted it. Oh, yeah, uh, the NIF Center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we went when I was at McKendry. I had and you know Alabama were going, Texas mm-hmm. would go. Yeah, it used to be huge. Big. Yeah. My kids won the men's sixty and the women's sixty. Um, they were good. Like six six three and like seven twenty something. Wow. And Dan came in the next day because that was a Friday. He he got there on Saturday, and he's like, "Oh man, I heard you guys were tearing it up last night. Man, you could have knocked me over." Like, he knew what we did. Like, that was like, whoa, Dan Fav knows, you know, like, what we did. Like, it was like, that was one of the best compliments I'd ever gotten in my life. So, very similar. Mm. Uh, when I was at Mississippi State, mm. he had a stud, long, long, high, maybe triple, mm. uh, th- three, three jump. Uh, mm-hmm. Guy who did all three really, really well. Uh, his guy was <coughs> favored to win the long jump. Mm-hmm. He was a, I think he might have even been a national champion. My kid wins the long jump at SEC's, mm-hmm. and his kid gets second, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dan comes to me, comes over to mm-hmm. me. And you know, sticks his hand out, goes congratulations, and I was like, "Oh my, <laughs> right. Dan, Pat, congratulating me!" Like right. that he would even take the second to come say right. congratulations. I was floored. Right. Absolutely, one of the best compliments, yeah. in my career. Right. Absolutely, it's just amazing. And so that's how I met Syracuse. Yeah. So okay, and then Syracuse. was there for three years. Uh, coach of Jumps and Maltese yeah. uh, had pretty good success in school records, it, a couple nationals. It's interesting. Stuff. I was going to ask how is education playing into your career right. at this point, but uh, you, you, you hit that nail. So on here's the, head. the here's the funnier thing. So in 2001, uh, Ron Grigg calls me. 
because he and I had met at a level three in Chicago in 99. Okay, Ron, yeah. And he's like, hey, Boo's looking, Boo and Cliff are looking to um, reboot the multi-event stuff for Coach's Ed. Hmm. Um, they're looking for people to kind of do this pilot study course. Um, I, suggested you, I suggested you. So... How did, how did Ron know you? Oh, through level through level three, three yeah, and okay. we just started connect. He was at this Kansas State, and then okay, JU. I was, gonna say, was this when he's before? Because he went JU, Kansas yeah, State, JU. Right. I, and I so, met him when he was at Georgia Southern. No, they're thinking, no. thinking of Todd. I am thinking of Todd. Uh, no, I met him when he was at JU. Right. When I was at Troy, we used to go down to Florida. Right. That time at Ron. And so he was a Lauren guy, mm-hmm. and so we talking, we share information, we email questions to each other back and forth. We two of us we email Boo and ask him questions, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Yeah, I boot. I think told Boo to, to to have you come out." He said, call him. A couple goes, yeah, we're doing this reboot of the uh, multi-events curriculum. Hmm. We're going to bring you out. They fly me out. Um, they put me up. Everything is me. Uh, Jim Renardigan is there. Yeah. Uh, John Bauman is there. Yeah. Uh, Ron is there. A bunch of people. Like this cohort. I don't think Todd was there, but that, that kind of group. Right. And so um, we do that. And then... Um, that's so, so Boo's like, hey, you know... Could you maybe be? Um, I'd like to maybe talk to you about being an instructor. You know, where'd you do your level two at? I go, right. well, I said, I really haven't done my level two. I, I said, I, I just kind of hung out with Dan. I, I'd go visit Dan. <laughs> I'd call Gary. I'd hang out with Gary. Right. I'd go visit Boo. But I never went to level two. Because right. level threes weren't, you, you could just go. Yeah, that's and right. So, but I would, I would go right. to the, he goes, oh man, you got to go to level two. Go do it this summer, do the jumps, and then that's what happened. I started teaching a year or two later. Where was that? Where did you do your level two? I did two jumps, jumps at Boise. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. That's where I did Yeah, that. yeah. That was mine. Yeah. yeah. That was your first level, too. Yeah. That's interesting. So you're at level two in Boise, right. um, taking jumps with Boo, which yeah. I know exactly that class because I was in that class. Right. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Uh, that was where I was first introduced to... Uh, the ability of drawing stick figures from it's amazing, right? Like, like, right? I mean, legendary, legendary. I wish we could go back and uh, you know, it's funny. We're in your office, and I'm looking up, and you've got two notebook boo training and boo stuff. I, right. I love that. I can't right. say enough about that man and what gotcha. he did for my career. Um, I wish we could go back and get a roster of everybody that was in that class. Uh, it would be real interesting. Oh, and there's a big one. <laughs> month by month, is that what it says? Oh, man. Uh, I wish we could get a roster of everybody that was in that. I think we, you know, because I'm sure we've forgotten right. some people that right. were in there. Um, uh, what's his name's wife who coached at Florida State? Green Street Thompson's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Jackie. What's, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah, she was in there. I remember her. Oh, man. Uh, Ed, Ed Jacoby was in there. Is that right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. I just remember, like, that was... I coached for 10 years total, and that was at the end of my fifth fifth year. The performances of my athletes in the first five right. years of my career compared to the last right, five. Right. It really makes a difference, yeah. Radically different because right. he's so smart. So let's compare Boo to Dan, and you know both of them real well. I know Dan a little bit. Okay. Uh, but for me, like Boo can teach it to where somebody like me can understand it. Mm-hmm. Dan, I haven't been around him enough, I, I, and I know he's a good teacher, right. but he, whenever I've talked with him, it's just at another, it's an understandable yeah, level. I think that, um, wow, um, they both are huge, huge mentors to me and good yeah. friends. Now, it's amazing that we have the relationship that we do. You know, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Um, outside of just the track stuff, life stuff and things like right. that. But with, um, I think, Boo approaches it more of a, more of like, a high school teacher, mm. even though Dan taught high school as well, mm-hmm. I think he kind of tries to make it so. He spent a lot of time teaching high school, right. so I think he kind of right. has that approach to it. Whereas I feel sense. like this is this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dan is almost trying to challenge you to learn, yeah, yeah. and go out and seek Great more information points. in a different way. And so, they both turn on light bulbs. But I feel like it's different. Yeah, that, that makes know? a lot of sense. And uh, it actually makes a lot of sense for my own education mm-hmm. level and how I learned that I, I'll, I'll need that guy who teaches down at the uh, ninth grade level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where Dan Paff, teaching, he's teaching PhD, and right. it's like, man, I can't even spell right. PhD. So. You know, like he'll say stuff and like, oh, I never even heard of that, never thought of that. Right. I mean, there's stuff, I'd go back and rewatch lectures or go through notes, like, oh, like, you know, there's, and I boot too, they both, yeah. when they teach, if you go back, there's seeds for years to come. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot. Because where you're at and the problem you have then, later on you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that. I didn't understand that. And that right. still happens to this day. 
it, it's interesting. You talked about Dan with that five two high jumper. Mm-hmm. So Boo was that for me when I was at uh, um, Ball State, mm-hmm. where at the end of level two, you know, he's hey, if you ever need anything, here's right. my, and you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. You're talking to me. I'm taking that up. And, right. you know, I'd email him, and always a response, always a thoughtful response, right. not just a yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It, you know, hey, have you thought about this? Right. I mean, it was. I mean, just people <coughs> like that that give back. Right. And now you're in that um, part of your life where you're now continually giving back as right. well. You've been poured into from all these people. Right. Um, so what do, you, what do you do now? You're, are you teaching USTFCA? I teach you, USTFCA. Yeah. Uh, this year I'm teaching jumps, but I've taught sprints and hurdles probably the last eight or nine years or so. You're teaching um, jumps? Teaching jumps this year. Not Boo? No, Boo, Boo has a prior while. commitment. Oh, uh, so, okay. Um, I'd be disappointed if I came and it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, I'm doing jumps this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, between Tony Reaney, Tony mm, Wells, yeah. uh, Dan and Boo have been huge, huge influences on me. And, and even young when I was younger, Lauren would answer my calls and answer my emails. Wow. So I, I get a reasonable amount of emails, a reasonable amount of calls. I try to get back to most of them. Um, I have an eight-month-old daughter. So... Um, oh, things are kind of hectic right now. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. about Malcolm. Malcolm's got to be... He's 11. 11. Be 12 next month. Man, I tell but, you, um, it's so fascinating. You know, we're connected on Facebook. Right. Uh, you know, you are a really good father. <laughs> Thank I you. can tell you that. Like, It's been... Uh, shame on me for waiting this long to no, tell no, you I that. Mean, uh, but it does mean a lot to me to look you in the eye. You're so good with him. And you're... You know, I actually... So I have a nine and a six. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, learn a lot from how you do things with Malcolm, and I see you. Know, I see the snippets, right? right. Uh, but you seem to be uh, very varied in what you do with him. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't locked him in. Like right. only do this, or no, like, no, oh, you want to explore this? Diverse, All right, let's yeah. go check that out. Right. I, I try to model that with my kids, man. Gotcha. They show an interest. Hey, well, okay, let's go Thank explore. <clears throat> One thing for me, I feel like I don't know what he's gonna be. He, he he's, in, he's he's into engineering and programming mm-hmm, and stuff like that. He thinks mm-hmm. he wants to be an engineer. He's eleven. Who knows? Right, right. But I feel like <laughs> I want to try to support him. Anything he wants to do that's positive. Yeah. Um. I appreciate the the, the compliment of being a good father. Um. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I and I'm saying this because I feel like people need, I fail a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. And I try to redeem myself and try to hey I apologize to him when I make mistakes because mm-hmm. I want him to know it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Um. I am not perfect, but I feel like um. I'm I'm trying my best. Yeah. And you know, I I didn't have good fathers. Right. And so I feel like I'm trying to be the person that they weren't and not that they were bad people. Um but I'm I really feel like I'm trying to be the opposite, provide right. the opposite example. Um and I had good uncles, I had good mothers, good grandmothers, so right. I have good examples of what adults should be Absolutely. in children's lives and I'm trying to carry that on and help him put him in a situation where he can do even better for his yeah. kids. Um, but, Is he um, into track at all? I haven't seen any of he that. He just, you know, it's funny. He, when he was younger, he would come to our meets and mm-hmm. be excited and he wasn't into track at all for a while. Right. And he's in middle school now, so I'm in sixth grade and there's a track club nearby. He's like, Dad, I think I want to join a track club. Oh. Teacher, my teacher said I'm fast in the gym class. So I do it. Will you quote? Will you help me? Will you help me write workouts and stuff? And I'm like, yeah. And I was just honored yeah. that he thought enough of me Cause you know, I'm his dad still. Your dad, yeah. You're so not he asked me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah. And that touched my heart. That's you know? awesome. Well, and it probably is even stronger for him because you let him gravitate towards right. track, not hey, come to the track and we're no, track. Let's yeah, go to yeah. track. We're gonna do track, buddy. Right. Like it's it's his own decision. He's gonna right. own it now. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. That's we'll so see. cool. Yeah. And you're a huge. Um, I shouldn't say huge. You appear to be. You know, Facebook shows yeah. what you want to show, right? Uh, Star Wars and Big. things like that. That's yeah. my thing. Um, like there's those two cups up there. Oh yeah. My daughter is named Leia after Princess Leia. Oh, no, which, no. Yeah, like so. That's I want awesome. to name her Angela. Malcolm is named after Malcolm X. Yeah. Okay. And um, my daughter, I want to name her Angela after Angela Davis, a civil rights activist, okay. intelligent, brilliant, brilliant woman. My wife said no. Wow. So I was vetoed. So um, vetoed. and she holds the yeah. veto key. I <laughs> so we came up with other names, and Leia was one of the uh, on the approved list. So we named her Leia after. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's just not me and my wife no, that had the approved no, list. So and vetoes. Yeah, she's named after um, Princess wow. Leia or General Leia, however you want to look at so it. That's so cool. And I feel like that's a strong name. So yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, so we went to Disney World okay. this year oh. and got to go to the Disney World. He built his own droid yes, and all that. Yes. And then uh, over the what I call the Christmas break, you know, we you have a Christmas yeah. break because you're in right. school. I don't have Christmas breaks, but I still call it a Christmas right. break. Um, we watched because we got Disney Plus, ah. so we watched all eight of the Star Wars yeah. that they had. Yeah, all back to cool. back, but in order of uh, of of um, release. 
not release. Oh, one, one, two, three. Yeah. So oh. yeah, Jar Jar Binks and stuff first, and then okay. then my era of Star Wars, right. and now the new era, which okay. I'm I don't get the new era very gotcha. well, but uh, but it was neat to a see all eight films in order. So right. you see the development of Anakin from a baby to <coughs> right. you know who he is and stuff. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody. Who <laughs> yeah, hasn't right. seen it. But for my son to watch it and like was super interested mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was like oh so that becomes Darth Vader <coughs> and, uh, and it was, so it was interesting watching you know especially the ones around my era the you know Return of the Jedi right. and stuff through his eyes because like uh, when we found out Darth Vader was Luke's dad right. like he already knew it because of right, the way the story and I was like that. I was like man that was a big deal when I was your yeah, age exactly <laughs> like exactly. everybody just lost their stuff right. when we learned that yeah so. his favorite ones are um Return of the Jedi and Attack of the Clones. I think Attack of the Clones is probably his favorite yeah. too. It's come on, it's fun. The last scene yeah. is, is right. amazing. So hey Kiba man, I can't say thank you enough. It's yeah. awesome. You know, the the mentors that you have are some of my same mentors, so it's cool to yeah. see. Uh, and what's even cooler to see is how the progression of your career and how you are now that person like i'm going to interview other coaches and they're going to say yeah you know who i reached out to Kiva tolbert and he emailed me back i, I guarantee it. <laughs> that's it's, crazy it? you know it's yeah. awesome man yeah. it's a legacy that they have put in from their side of of, of you know the telezas and then right. paths and stuff and now you move on to that legacy right. and even most more importantly the legacy of you know fatherhood with with uh malcolm and, and leah i yeah. love that name so yeah. Promise me that we'll do a part two. Yeah, because I'd love we didn't to. even get through your full career, True. and I love your career. Thank you. Uh, and again, your uh, you know outside the track for right. you is just uh, just fascinating. Gotcha. You know, the Bronx and now living in Boston. Right. It's just it's just amazing. Go Yankees! Man. Go Yankees! <laughs> Thank right, you so much, man. Appreciate Thank you, man. It. I appreciate it. Cool. Boy, I told you this was one of my all-time favorite interviews. I've done several of these through different mediums and Kiba continues to uh, shock and awe me in all the right ways of uh, his background, his passion for education, his passion for coaching, his passion for teaching. And uh, and we barely got into it. I, I could have spent two more hours with Kiba and I really hope I do get that opportunity to do that uh, once again and do a part two and maybe a part three uh, with this um uh, this just fascinating individual. Love him to death. Uh, by the way, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, uh, please don't hesitate to contact me at H-U-R-D-L-E at gillathletics.com. That's right. Hurdle at gillathletics.com. Uh, yeah, dot com, of course. And, uh, you know, if you've made it this far and you're still listening, I just really appreciate your time and attention. It means the absolute world to me that you'd spend an hour plus of your time listening to our podcast here. I really hope you enjoyed connecting with Kaba as much as I did. Uh, you weren't there, so you couldn't have got as much enjoyment. But let me tell you what fascinating uh, individual. Uh, if you want to get notified when we publish more interviews, we don't do them on a regular schedule. It's as the uh, coaches uh, are available for us and uh, willing to do this. Uh, Just subscribe on your podcast app here and you'll be notified every time we push out an interview. It could be once a month. It could be three times in one day. And in the meantime, I really hope you feel led to share this podcast on your social media network of choice. Kind of spread the love out there and have others uh, enjoy these interviews that we're doing. And join us next time when we once again connect you with another great track and field coach. Bye-bye.